You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we try to answer specific questions on an individual topic, and then at the end, we bring in an expert to give you the real answers. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. I was actually thinking. Yep. Segway. I'm going to pre the segue to the segue of the question of the day. I uh, I think some people, maybe this sounds stupid too. <laughs> maybe sometimes I'm like, God damn it. We'll I just out. I just came on something, you know? And then I'm like, ah, everybody already knows that. Uh, like I was even thinking the other day, we asked Ramsey in another uh, uh, episode. I was like, is there data on calorie deficit or sleep? Not uh, causing, uh, r- raising the risk of injury. Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, there's no data, but yeah, I would probably think that would be that. And, and that's like just been a thing forever in bodybuilding, right? You're right. dieting for a show and you get injured. Yeah, yeah. And I and I guess I don't sound dub because I was asking for data, but I, then afterwards I'm like, fuck, that was a dumb question. <laughs> uh, and so like- For the record, I didn't think it was a dumb question, but anyway. Go yeah, because I wanted the data. I wanted data to show it right. somehow, right. even though all of us hypothesize that, yeah, 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 right? Because you're not recovering the same by not sleeping and eating calorie deficit. But another one, but at the time, I was like, I'm going to get him. Fucking good question. And it was an okay question. But uh, another one uh, <laughs> I thought about is, uh, I don't know, I've been doing a lot of cardio lately, so I, I just think a lot. Yeah. Uh, normally, I don't think a lot. Now, I think a lot. I was thinking. I was like, there's just has to be more people. This is going to sound dumb now that I think they're predisposed to injury. Oh, you know, I think that that's true. In the same way that people who are predisposed to illness. Right. Well, or like I've never broken a bone in my life. And then, and then like I want to call people pussies. I want to be that guy. I really do like you, pussy. Uh, because like I've never, one, broken a bone is kind of bad. But like you see kids all the time. Like kid uh, fucking played basketball, broke his goddamn shin. Or like kid uh, uh, fell out a tree, broke his shoulder or whatever. Like I've never done that. And I was a pretty reckless kid until I was probably... Probably until I was 21. I was now everyone who knows me, like, yeah, Mike doesn't do any of that. Like, Mike's on the couch. Like, Mike's, you know, like, uh, like we're all going to, hey, Mike, we're going to go hiking and jump off a waterfall. Like, Michael, watch. Like, yeah. everyone knows that now. But up until I was 18, 21, um, like, my, my, I have a handful of friends that are brothers to me, and they've known me since I was in kindergarten. They'd say, like, yeah, Mike was pretty reckless back then like i'm yeah. tra- I'm trampolining i'm doing fucking triple backflips I- yeah. i'm playing basketball like like i'm saving the world like i'm running like i'm running through walls like yeah, yeah. i literally have a play in my head where the, uh, my my high school basketball court was really cool but it wasn't absolutely huge it was a good size and it was pretty mm. new we had stands on one side pretty typical and a huge stage on the other right level art school big right money right. and then underneath the hoops the walls were pretty close which isn't always normal and we had huge metal doors going into the next um, facility uh, on the opposite side of the, the arena. Mm-hmm. Um, huge metal doors, like probably one and a half the size of a normal door. And they're huge and kind of a purple hue. Well, ball's going out of bounds there. And I just go head first, try to save the ball, turn around the air, and just smash my head into that fucking metal door to just whack through the gym, you know? And like, I kind of fell, kind of like a cartoon hits like a yeah. splat and fall. But then I get up, I'm like, fuck it, bro. Like, straight in. My adrenals are through the yeah, roof yeah, yeah. while I'm playing basketball. But Mike nowadays, like, that's not happening. Right. But saying that, I was a high-risk guy doing dumb things. Uh, I, I bicycle, uh, bicycled everywhere, being an idiot, trying to take jumps, all these mm-hmm. stupid things. Obviously, hours and hours of basketball. And I think the worst thing that's happened is maybe a twisted ankle in those situations. And then in lifting, lifting's a little different. Like, I've jacked up my back pretty good, but that's just 
high risks to begin with, right? Like you can't really avoid some kind of injury in powerlifting. But I'm looking around and like people are getting beat up left and right in this world. Like yeah. lift, lifters, yeah. obviously elite players, but even like now that I'm kind of old, like all my Facebook friends, they all have kids. And yeah. everyone's posting like, oh, little Timmy broke his freaking wrist yeah. today, you know? Yeah. And I've never done any of that. I've broken one bone. I broke a bone in my wrist when I was, mm, I want to say, eight, nine, ten, something like that. I like somebody bumped into me. I fell. I caught myself on my wrist. Common. Uh, and that was it. Um, I when I was huh, on my thirtieth birthday, I tore the living shit out of my my ankle rollerblading. However, there were like I went in for you know MRI and all that shit, and all they could say was, well, you know. Everything is still attached and nothing is broken. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Because like, I feel like I broke everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like everything is destroyed. And I'm like, no, no, it's still there. And I'm I'm dealing with this, this problem with my shoulder. I'm going to have surgery in a couple months. Uh, and they said, well, you had surgery before? I said, well, I had a couple hernia repairs when I was a teenager. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I've had like a straight surgery there. I think I broke my, I think I broke two things. I think I broke my wrist and we never got an x-rayed. Mm-hmm. I, th- I played soccer and I th- I've broken a toe or something for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, like, I broke it. My shit's different. fucked up. I, that's different. Yeah. yeah. And then I think I broke my nose. My, my whole life's really funny. My dad was a uh, funny dude. So we're playing a summer basketball league <laughs> and uh, I don't know if we're playing a really good team, a really bad team. I don't know what's happening, but I, uh, I get like an over the head pass from somebody. So I turn around to catch it and my eyes are up because it was kind of a full court pass. Mm-hmm. And some big old fat kids running at me head down, and I get a headbutt straight to the schnoz, oh. and I I kind of fucking you know mini blackout stand up, and then wipe my nose, and it's gushing blood from both nostrils and cut on the top. Ow. And so like uh, it's Ow. this is uh, kind of goes back to me like flexing how tough I was, and I only flex how tough I was because I'm such a pussy now. <laughs> I can relive these times because now I'm r- crying and gonna go eat Ben and Jerry's. But at the time, I run to the bathroom, shove as much paper towel as I can both noses, push as hard as I can on the top of the nose so it stops bleeding, uh-huh. and I'm right back in the game for a summer league game. After the game, my dad's like, yeah, that looks pretty bad. <laughs> like, it's fucking huge. It won't stop bleeding. I think it bled for six hours. Oh, my God. Just won't stop bleeding. Uh, my best friend's dad's an orthodontist who's also psycho and really good friends with my dad. And so he's like, yeah, I'll x-ray it. I was like, all right, well, you're an orthodontist. You know some x-ray shit. <laughs> so we went, we went to his office, and he puts me in, like, the mouth x-ray, uh-huh. but does my nose somehow. Uh-huh. And he's trying to analyze it, and he's a... It, really really intelligent guy next uh, level intelligent uh, but he obviously works on teeth yes. uh <laughs> so he's like nah, it looks all right <laughs> like, yeah, okay and so we're fine but now my nose I-, I had a big nose to begin with but there's like a ridge and it kind of slants and i just imagine if it fucking bled for six hours probably something good didn't mm-hmm. happen yeah but it's possible i got the i got the raccoon eyes which oh, are like whole, a, yeah the whole, whole thing. thing oh wow that's amazing. Yeah, I I just I don't get sick very often. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, I know you a lot know a lot of people who are sick all the time. Yeah. There and and even people who don't have kids. Because people who have kids are always sick. That's yeah. that's just a given. There are teachers like it's half and half. Like my mom was a teacher twenty years. Half of it is yeah, your immune system gets yeah. up, but half of it's also that you're around hundreds of kids all day long and they're yeah. all disgusting. Yeah, and you're exposed <laughs> to all sorts of stuff that yeah. you hadn't been exposed right. to before. And like I don't get sick. I get a couple colds a year for the most part. Yeah. That's you know. I only really got sick during like the mega years of travel. So from like twenty three to twenty seven, or so, I was traveling. 60% of my life yeah. and then you just get sick sleep time change yeah. food's different I can't yeah. work out how I want 
Uh, but in general, yeah, I don't really either. So like I, I will strain or tear a tendon or it'll start to disintegrate because I'm old or whatever. But I've never really torn one all the way through. Yeah. Like if I had torn something all the way through, it could get fixed. Right, right, right. It's just damaged. Yeah, yeah, it's just sitting there. Just damaged. Hurting. Yeah, whatever. And so, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the shoulder. They're going to do something and, and see they're going to be... Uh, there's nothing there, or there's a little bit of something there, and we'll fix it, and you'll be good to go in a couple of weeks. Or it's you know six to nine months in a sling yeah. and shit. Yeah. Um, but even still, you know, I'm 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 not young anymore, and right. and something's gonna break down. Eventually. Yeah, something's gonna break down eventually. But but and that's kind of difference between like an impact injury or just a wear and tear injury, or like I said, you power lift for ten years. Everyone's yeah. like, Mike, how'd you hurt your back? Like your form must suck. Like, yeah, bitch, I've deadlifted for multiple times a week for ten years. Like my and I already had a shit back. Like yeah. something's gonna go. And yeah. same thing when you age and you've been yeah. powerlifting, like something's gonna go eventually. Hamstrings and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. You just you're gonna you're gonna strain them. There's gonna be issues. I you know I spent six months rehabbing a, a hamstring right. several years ago. It got better. Right, but there wasn't. It didn't tear. It wasn't yeah, like yeah. a super like wasn't torn all the way through. So you can just get it fixed. You yeah, have to yeah. go through this whole process. But like, um, and you can't necessarily. You're not starting from ground zero. So you get surgery, and then you're almost from ground zero with strength and yeah. flexibility, and then you build it back up. But like when you just kind of get beat up, you're starting at like ground two or ten, right? Yeah. And so like you don't know. The rehab isn't always the same, and in your mentally, you're more impatient. I feel like you're like, well, I know it's not ripped. Like fuck this, I'm gonna go deadlift. Right, yeah. exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, it's difficult to to hold yourself back right. from jumping in. Which is number one segue, uh, mental aspect, mental position, uh, how to come back. We have a sport sports site coming on to uh, try to give us some some of the mind games because uh, obviously the mind plays a huge role in the human performance uh, and obviously everything we fucking do as humans. Um, right. But how you come back from injuries? What some approaches, maybe tools, tips to come back from injuries because it is insane. Like. My back's hurt my entire life. I hurt it, hurt it, lifting probably two or three times where I just like, you can see in videos because it's all over YouTube. Like I literally squat and then come up and just like hold my back and kind of fall like, fuck. Just as an aside, how much of that was just like performative because you had to do it for for the camera? Because the pain? Oh, uh, no, no, no. Oh, the, the lifting? The lifting, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I think I'm pretty good. I, I think everyone who does YouTube, Instagram, whatever, definitely gets some kind of pressure to go a little bit heavier, do cooler things than they would if they're training optimally. Yeah. I want to, I like to think, and maybe this is just me patting myself on the back, I'd like to think I'm on the lower end, but still influenced, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I think majority of time, if I said, all right, today is going to be a light-ish day uh, of training, regardless of the camera or what, quote-unquote, celebrity trainer, mm -hmm. strength coach I'm training with. I'm still was going to at least stay in my pocket somewhat. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely been occasions where I'm like, all right, um, let's just hit the gas. Like I, I feel pretty good. This wasn't on schedule, but there's a lot of people here. Let's freaking max yeah. out. Uh, there's yeah. definitely some of those. But generally speaking, I think I'm pretty good in the pocket. And even now, you know, I still post tons of fitness content on YouTube and, and Instagram, and I freaking put up a 275 bench press today. Like, yeah, my best is 405. Like 275 ain't shit, and I just don't care. Right. Just like whatever. And that just happened as I got older. Um, Did you post that? I posted it from yesterday. I yeah. haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Uh yeah, and that's that. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I uh, so I hurt my back really bad twice. You know, kind of grabbing it, falling down like an instance, right? Not an impact injury necessarily, but one time like fuck, you can't finish that rep, fell yeah. over. Um, and that's kind of what I've been dealing with for the last 
I mean, bad for probably the last four years, um, on and off. Um, I go through phases where I just don't deadlift or squat, and mm-hmm. it feels great. Uh, and right now I'm in a good phase, but I tried to compete in powerlifting, a deadlift-only competition last year, and uh, same thing happened. So I was doing deadlift-only, and I had about eight weeks of prep. Um, wasn't squatting uh, to try to mitigate the, the, the stimulus on my low back so I could only deadlift, mm-hmm. and I was doing belt squats or lunges, et cetera. Um, but every time I probably got near five, 600 pounds, and I technically hear my back squatting, but beside the point, there's always pain with both right. of them. Uh, getting five, 600 pounds, there's something in the back of my mind not having me get into the right position because I was scared it was going to hurt, right. whether it did or didn't. And honestly, probably these last two weeks are the only time that I've lifted lower body, squat or deadlift. I'm, I'm squatting right now. I'm not deadlifting. Again, trying to just mitigate one of the two mm-hmm. to see which one I can handle. Um, it's probably the first time in four years that I'm not thinking about my back hurting. I'm just thinking about performing the lift correctly, mm-hmm. which again, if you're thinking about your back hurting and not performing the lift correctly, it's probably just going to be <laughs> even worse, right? Because you're right. more likely to not lift the weight correctly. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I wish I had an answer for you guys, but I'm not the injury comeback guy. I think that there there are sort of two competing forces when you're trying to come back from injury. One of them is the the conservative or ultra conservative, like I need to hold on to this. Uh, I need to 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 delay getting back to heavier yeah, weight. And they're lifting one thirty five for a year. Exactly. And then there's the the flip side of it where you start to get froggy and you go, "Well, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to yeah. push forward." Or I am so frustrated that I haven't gotten back to where I was that I'm going to jump big and then. Like to me, I think a lot of people get hurt here. Yeah, and I think a lot of people uh, delay their progress sure. here, over here. I agree. And there's got to be some kind of happy, happy medium. Like, is there just like how do you get past the mental aspect? Of I think this? I don't lifting, know the I don't know the answer to that. I uh, think lifting, you're one thousand percent on the mark. Uh, never thought about that necessarily, but that is number one. I what I see in lifting, where like I coach people or they're training people or I see them online like oh, yeah. yeah this guy's a pussy he's been deadlifting 135 for yeah. three years now like dude your back's probably okay like go to 225 yeah, yeah. you know and then the opposite like man that dude ripped his hamstring off the bone a month ago and now he's maxing out um, for some reason and it's obviously because the professional sports have money uh, lots of it and lots of resources but it seems like on the professional ranks this isn't an issue um, it seems like maybe because of the confidence level of the athletes and their yeah. trainers and their doctors right like a lot of NFL teams I think they straight have straight doctors on the field every single game or every single practice uh, NBA you know they have trainers athletic mm-hmm. trainers strength and conditioning nutri- they have everything lined up so when they say like you're good to go you maybe have a different confidence saying like alright yeah he mm-hmm. said he said my hammy's good I'm ready to rock mm-hmm. rather than when you're lifting my issue is I overanalyze everything so I still am thinking about like well how do I injure it how do I not injure it and then whether it's superstition or not I have these things I'm trying to do to fix it you know like okay when I do this this doesn't hurt when I eat a yeah. Chipotle burrito bowl my hamstring doesn't hurt i'm gonna eat chipotle burrito bowl every day whatever not that extreme but uh yeah, yeah. just with my warm-ups or, or with my rep schemes or whatever my volume i'm handling i'll, I'll really overanalyze that or overanalyze in the past why or why not it hurt and a lot of it does for me at least come down to like posture traveling volume i was handling because mm-hmm. i'm trying to you know at some point you're trying to lift a uh, heavy weight and you've lifted for eight years you're gonna have to push your volume to the next level to to get to the next level and my body just couldn't take it but um i don't have someone behind me watching every single thing i do saying like you're good to go bro 
go max out. Right. Where in the NBA they do. Like they have, all right, you can practice today. Okay, you can go full speed yeah. today. Okay, throw them in the game. He's good to go. And then, or NFL or – Right, right, right. And, then, and then you get the, you get the mark from your coach and all these millions of professionals, and they all say you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Then I'd imagine your confidence in yourself is like, yep, I'm good to go. Yeah. I imagine that's probably true. Where lifting, it's more of a solo deal often. Oh. Uh yeah, we're making the decisions right. for ourselves. Or even That's if a lot have... of people use coaches because yeah. But even then, I feel like like I'd like to think all my athletes have a lot of confidence in me. Mm-hmm. But like in the back of the head, they know I'm not a doctor, and right. they, and they don't have a staff of doctors analyzing everything they do. And with online coaching, like like these, when you're a pro athlete in, in the big leagues, right? In mm-hmm. MLS, MLB, whatever, uh, you have the staff literally seeing you every day. Right, you're traveling with them, uh, everything but like sleep and a little bit of personal time. But you're practicing together, you're warming up together. They seeing everything you do. So when mm-hmm. they they check you off, like you're good to go, you know that they know what you're doing. Or like an online coach, or even a powerlifting coach that you see in person. What do you see him two hours a, d- a day, four days a week? Yeah, they don't know how that's you're eating. A lot still, it is yeah. a lot, but it's not the same as um and and the prof- professionalism or certifications of the people checking you off you have a team checking you off right you have a team saying like yeah bro i've witnessed everything you did we took you through these tests mm-hmm. you're good to go full speed on sunday rather than a powerlifter maybe your coach says like yeah man i think we're ready to push it and maybe that gives you a little confidence again depending mm-hmm. on which guy you are uh, from your mm-hmm. example depending on which guy you are maybe you're more confident um but not me i don't know well let's ask the doctor Uh, <laughs> let's move move on to the uh, the topic of uh, re- the mental aspect of returning from injury. We see it uh, really common in kind of the powerlifting world, um, and we we had some ideas on maybe what makes powerlifting world or strength training possibly different from professional athletes. Um, and obviously, professional athletes have a lot of things kind of in their corner and in their favor and resources that perhaps college, uh, obviously high school, and, and more niche sports maybe do not. Um, but we're talking, you know, high level athlete rips their hamstring off the bone. Goes through, you know, proper rehab, et cetera, et cetera, um, but mental blocks either uh, one way or other how we kind of see yeah. just from observational stuff as being coaches and being an athlete, you know, uh, athlete A, uh, uber aggressive to get back into the game and re-injures themselves because they think they're great and they're maybe, you know, I'd call that guy a bonehead, but let's not throw names so early. <laughs> and then uh, athlete B, who um, I think maybe is more common and maybe I relate more with where you're real tender about that thing. And, you know, oh, if I deadlift 500 again, maybe that hamstring is going to give out. Yeah. Or the basketball player trying not to dunk again because, man, you know, I don't know if the hamstring can handle that. Though, so he's not really pushing off the ground as hard as he can, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that can be scaled. Um, obviously to any sport um, any tips or, or experience in that world yeah yeah I work with uh, injured athletes uh, quite a bit um, and in different levels you know I've up through high school through professional and um, you know there are a lot of factors there as you kind of mentioned you know the type of sport that they're in the type of injury that they have uh, how that affects their ability to continue training or not training um, you know, their identity as their athletic identity, how yeah. strong that is uh, versus, uh, you know, do they have other areas of their life, other identities that are um, strong in their life? Um, and then support. We know social support is huge in this process, again, which you guys kind of alluded to. Not only, um, you know, technical support, um, 
but rehab, you know, emotional support, because depending on the injury, how long you're out, I mean, that, you know, six months injury, that's, you know, that can be a long period of time, a year injury, yeah. you know, skiers, you know, out long periods of time. Um, and again, it, it often comes back to an identity. Um, who, who am I if I'm not skiing? Um, and life, you know, daily structure. You know, what am I going to do now that I don't go to practice or that I can't practice? Or, um, and so, you know, what, um, what we try to do is get them focused on what they can do versus what they can't do. Um, because once you start hearing all of what I can't do, that can be pretty demoralizing. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, the support that you have. So, um, I mean, those are some of the factors that are involved. Personally, from from my own perspective, I'm coming back from injury. I tend to, to oscillate between those two um, uh, extremes. I will uh, feel like I can't do anything, and I will I will back way off, and then I'll get frustrated and say, "Screw it, I'm going to go forward." And uh, like, and I don't I don't necessarily have any strong control over that one way or the other. I mean, it's almost like a compulsion. <laughs> to to do a thing that you know either to not do anything or do something that i that i shouldn't do and uh i you know from my own perspective i don't even know how to think about it to 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 keep that from from happening i know it it when you concentrate on the things that you can do you can get bored because if 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 it's limited what you can actually um work on Yep. You feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again. And that's, I guess, where that, that impulse to do the thing you shouldn't do comes yep. from. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, a couple other factors. Again, if you have medical people involved um, and that are hopefully good and that you um, trust, you know, that's the first thing I always talk to athlete about is, you know, what does your medical team say? You know, yeah. what are their recommendations? How do you feel about those recommendations? Do you believe them? Do you trust them? Because trust is huge. If you don't trust them, then that's when ah, I'm going to do more reps than, you know, than they say, or I'm going to sneak it in and they won't know. And um, so being on the same page with them or getting, you know, changing if you, if you feel like, ah, I think things could be different. Um, you know, the second thing is then, you know, you're, you're also – it's about trust with your body again, mm-hmm. um, because you know in some way your your body didn't uh, hold up, um, and so for some it's having to develop that trust again um, with their body. Like you talked about, you know the fear of reentry in the competition, um, and others uh, on on the other end are just I don't care what my body says. I'm going to go yeah. do it anyway, um, and um, it, so it's trying to find that balance where. Uh, okay, you know, because our body's given us signals. Some, you know, some athletes are not attuned to that. Athletes were attuned to that. So it's finding out what is our body trying to tell us, and um, and then how to respond to that. You know, so that um, we're not limiting ourselves, but also that we're just not ignoring all these signals and then increasing our risk for injury and getting injured. You mentioned. You mentioned uh, yep. social support and coaches or medical. I mean, do you find a huge, obviously, benefit from that? Because that's kind of something I brought up or I think about is like the NBA player who 
let's say they have the exact same injury as a power lifter or who knows what, right? Whatever it is, torn hamstring. Um, and when when I'm if I'm hypothetically in the NBA, which I can't really put my mindset in there, but we can <laughs> let's pretend. Uh, you have your coach, your strength coach, your your PT. You have all these people, and they're saying like, okay, you can go fifty percent. Okay, you can go seventy percent. Okay, you can go a hundred percent. If I'm a twenty three year old kid that's you know in for rookie of the year, you know I'm one of the best players in the NBA or, or at least in the conversation, and my coach says you're good i'm pretty sure i feel like superman again whereas like again a power lifter it is different stimulus you're throwing at your body or or a weightlifter or perhaps even a track athlete that's not on the highest level but maybe at a good level right you don't have all these resources medically and maybe in a way you're more attuned to your body in a sense because the task that you do for a living is so simple basketball players do a million things you know you, yeah. you you jam your finger you twist your ankle you keep playing it's whatever like i put balls in hoops i play defense i do all these things but when i'm running i know exactly what running feels like when i'm lifting one deadlift i do one movement i know exactly what it feels like so in a way you know what a pain from an injury is and i feel like maybe basketball players soccer players football and i'm just making all this up who, who knows if this is true or not but this is how it works in my head basketball football you have so many skills and so many things you have to do you're not so attuned to oh my ankle is twisted i shouldn't push off that so hard you're like i'm gonna tackle the guy with the ball you have these other other uh tasks at hand plus the resources of the coaches saying you're good um how, do you have any experience kind of in that in the level of sport or the type of sport um playing a role in someone's uh, confidence maybe in like you said getting trust with their body again yeah well you know, one thing also depends on how many, if they've had this injury before, because um, mm. that plays a big role. Because, you know, if they've had it before, then, you know, for some, it can be an advantage knowing I don't know how to navigate this path. I've done it before. Others, it feels uh, depressing, like, oh, geez, six months out. Yeah. Um, so, so in terms of, of that, um, again, you're, you're going to have more um, personalities where they're kind of higher higher risk personalities, um, uh, resist, resistant to, um, to risk, they're, they're going to push it. Uh, and then you get personalities that are, uh, you know, less that way. And they're just trying to figure it out themselves. So again, depending on who it is, um, you know, it may be important for them to try to find out somebody who does have that knowledge. So, and sometimes it may be other participants, you know, other athletes, who've gone through similar injuries um, to help navigate that. Yeah, that's a good point about talking about if you've had prior injuries and I've dealt with a back issue for all kind of my whole life, but more, more, um, worse uh, the last couple of years. And so, uh, through powerlifting and now that I, if I tweak it again, or I become more of a hypochondriac personally, you know, like, cause I blew it out once. Now right. I'm worried about every yeah. little, like, all right, I wake up in the morning, like my back's just a hair achy, which is normal for a 30 year old dude that's done sports for 20 years. Uh, but now I'm thinking like, Oh man, here we go again, you know, rather than like yep. you kind of said, uh, um, maybe be more comfortable in the situation. Cause like, I know what really bad pain feels like. I know what not pain feels like in that, uh, resonates well with me kind of having confidence in my body which i lack right now (laughs) (laughs) right exactly (laughs) yes so um for somebody who is in this situation what let me just try to to to, um sum it up here if somebody is in the situation where they don't have that support team around them uh and they're and they're trying to get better and trying to figure out how to 
work themselves back into training and competition, developing that system informally for themselves might be the way to go. Like looking to, you know, uh, most people are going to mm-hmm. are going to be dealing with a doctor, but dealing with with somebody who has a uh, physical therapy background that they know, or or chiropractic background, or something like that, or just a friend who has a lot of reps in the sport and has seen a lot of stuff and can op- offer offer some wisdom. And, you know, two or three people to talk to, to kind of keep yourself grounded through the process, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you think about it, uh, at least the way I think about it is like a map. You know, if you go somewhere new, you've never been before. Mm. That's why I say it depends if you've had the injury or not, um, that you've never been before. It's it's new terrain. You're, you're just trying to navigate it based on the old terrain that you had, you know, the, the sensations, the feelings that you had. Right. And you're, you know, it's a constant comparison process between what does this feel like compared to what I used to feel like. Um, and that's why sometimes in the rehab process when they're like, ah, you know, this doesn't feel like it used to be. And the, you know, the physical therapist is like, oh, no, no, just keep going. You're all right. This is normal. So they kind of normalize that even though it doesn't feel like it used to, it's okay. But, yeah, I mean, I always encourage athletes to try to, you know, just find other knowledgeable people to help you navigate that terrain. Mm. Um, because again, I mean, you can go do it yourself and you may be, you, you may be fine, but you may not be. <laughs> and so again, I mean, ultimately it's up to that athlete, but that, but, you know, I try to just point out the situation to them and, and let them make the choice, but an informed choice to know what you're getting yourself into. If you're, if you're going to go it alone, um, you know, these are the potential consequences. A question comes to me like, what, do you work with people who are not in, in, uh, or trying to participate in sports that actually ultimately pay money? Just like real, uh, real amateurs are going to stay amateur forever. So do I work with amateurs that are going to stay amateurs? Yeah. yeah, or our silly sport of powerlifting. There's no such thing as like a real pro powerlifter. Like no one yeah, really, makes, really money. makes money. Uh, it's oh, it's like a uh, although it gets highly competitive, and there's some people that dedicate more than their life to it. Yeah, um, it's never a career path per se. Rather than you know you working with a kid at Notre Dame that plays basketball, he could potentially play you know very least in Europe and make a living kind of deal. Is is there a difference there, and do you work with both? So, um, yeah, I mean, I work with, you know, let's say golfers, for example, who mm-hmm. aren't going to be, you know, pro golfers, but, you know, want to be the club pros mm-hmm. uh, at the, or, you know, the top, the champion at their, um, at their club. Um, you know, obviously kids that are probably never going to make it, uh, or that haven't made right. it, you know, even into college or in the pros, you know, they know that college is going to be their last level, um, tennis players as well. So, um, so, I mean, I have worked with those, um, and were you thinking, uh, about the differences between yeah, them or differences? Yeah. yeah just be, even, uh, which I think yeah. will bleed into our next, uh, podcast but but uh yeah like the motivation behind it seems very different i've thought about this myself too performance enhancing drugs are are more than common in powerlifting and strength sports they're obviously Mm -hmm. more than common in many sports but um and the risk for those as many of us know are very very high there's you know a lot of negative uh side effects and people do things in powerlifting um and strongman in some of these sports that are making zero dollars and putting literally literally taking years off their life um, putting them at health risk, dedication beyond dedication, maybe dedication beyond um, logic for sure, uh, from yeah. lack of information. You know, they're 
you know, eating weird protein shakes that have no benefits and all, you know, a thousand <laughs> vitamins a day plus the PEDs and who knows what. And the ultimate goal is just like a high five from your buddy because you outbenched them. Opposed to, at least for me, playing what I think is a real sport, not powerlifting basketball my whole life. At least the goal is like, all right, like if everything lines up perfectly, I'm going to have a sneaker with my name on it. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to have a lot of, uh, you know, fame, fortune, and I can make an impact on, on pop culture, whatever it might be. You know, people are going to wear my jersey, this and that. There's a lot more uh, tangible benefits, uh, mm-hmm. money being the main one, um, and potentially not taking as many uh, years off my life as loads of yep. drugs. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, you know, the motivation you know, varies be- for each athlete and, and what they're motivated by, um, you know, and that's a different type of motivation, you know. There, um, so, and I haven't, you know, worked uh, with power lifters per se, um, you know, but other athletes who are not necessarily going to go further, um, but certainly, you know, higher risk. Um, you know, even some, um, you know, some bull riders, mm. um, you know, and they're not going to be pros, but that's just part of what they do. And, you know, there's a high risk there yeah. for, for, uh, you know, potential injury or, so that's why I say, you know, some personalities are just, uh, created that they have a higher threshold for, for risk. Mm-hmm. Like the adrenaline seeker or what have you. Right. Mm-hmm. We've kind of gotten off onto a tangent here at the end. You can find Dr. Matt Johnson at drmattjohnson.com, spelled with an H. And you can find Mike, Silent Mike with two Ks, on social media. You can find me at the Jim McD. And the show is 50% Facts, where percent is a word. Leave us a rating review on the platform of your choice. Also, tell a friend. Tell several friends. If you're enjoying this show, they might enjoy it too. Have them check it out, and we'll talk to you next week.